Training for Ultra, Ultra Running Stories from the Middle of the Pack. My book is now available on Audible and iTunes, so feel free to check it out. Really appreciate it. Hi, I'm Amy Clark, and I'm the editor of Ultra Running Magazine. Welcome to Training for Ultra Podcast. And that was a moment I, I can look back on now. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments, getting a foot massage by Hayden at mile 62. This is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Marco, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anna Mae Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so classic. Oh my god, because literally thing would be like, beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And we have a fun episode. It's episode 100. So I've actually been doing this. This is now the third season. Episode 100. We have Amy Clark on. She is the editor of Ultra Running Magazine. And I have Julie Moulton on as co-host once again. Thought it would be an interesting conversation amongst the three of us. So hopefully you enjoy the episode. Big thank you to Destination Trail, Candace Burt and her team. I will be running the Triple Crown of 200s here shortly. I'm actually, I'm really excited. Bigfoot sounds like the hardest of the group, 42,000 feet of gain, and it's roughly 206 miles. But Candace and her team put together huge amounts of work for each aid station. I think there's 14 different aid stations, including six sleep stations, so hopefully I can get a tiny bit of sleep at some of those, but her team, they're in the middle of nowhere. So to put together a sleep station with basically a restaurant is unbelievable. So big shout out to them. Thank you to ultimate direction. I finally figured out my light setup with Kogala. I'm going to have a ultimate direction race belt on that will also hold, hold the battery pack and the light. So I'm excited to have that set up takes pressure off me. Big thank you to Sufferfest Beer. I have a blonde shakeout all ready to go for the finish line. Thank you to Hammer Nutrition. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my referral code 252888 and you'll save 15% off your first order. And last but not least, Exoskin. If you haven't tried out their base layers, they have some nice compression bottoms too that I'll use in recovery. I'll be using a ton of their toe socks throughout the year, the year, the race. And then also their calf sleeves have a really good compression feel to them. Feel free to use my discount code 20% off with Exoskin T, the number 4U20 for 20% off. Enjoy this episode with the editor of Ultra Running Magazine, Amy Clark. 
All right, so weird story. And we also have Julie Moulton on as co-host. Thank you, Julie, for joining me, too. Thanks. Amy and I were in line trying to get coffee, of all places, in Squaw Valley before Western States, and struck up a conversation, and I didn't know Amy was running Western States at the time, because you were so chill and just kind of, we might have talked about it briefly, but it's awesome to, to get to hear more about your background, and want to hear more about Western States, too, obviously. Thank you for buying me coffee. Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. <laughs> um, happy to do that, truly. Um, I thought having Julie Moulton, who is my book editor, and she does some amazing writing on as co-host for this episode, made a lot of sense. She understands writing. She went to school for writing. Um, Amy, did you go to school for writing, or, or how did you get into that? Because I know that's been a big part of your life. Yeah, I did. Um, I, after a brief um, stint in architecture school, which was kind of my childhood dream, I realized that I was better off doing the writing thing and uh, finished my degree at Montana State in Bozeman uh, in writing and English. And then um, pursued different types of writing, I guess I'd say, um, as a copywriter for an advertising agency, and then realized that I was a little better off doing kind of writing what I love to write about, which was um, kind of about the outdoors. And so I um, actually got a job as a um, columnist for Outside Magazine, uh, the on well, the website. Um, so I was a columnist for Outside Online for probably five or six years. So that was kind of how I started professionally anyway. Awesome. And when did you, when were you getting interested in the out, outdoors? Have you always been yeah, ac active yeah. and doing things or was there a moment where you're like, okay, I need to well, become a trail runner? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been a marathon runner for, um, uh, since 2002. Uh, I was a runner as a kid though ran cross country in high school and college. And, um, I guess, you know, it, you know, you run marathons, you're just outdoors all the time. I, I was working for the forest service for, um, so as a summer job in college. And so I was do I did that for six years and it kind of exposes you to things that a normal outdoorsy recreational person wouldn't be exposed to you know like <laughs> using it sounds like a story <laughs> <laughs> well using chainsaw outside you know in the wilderness or not in the wilderness because you can't use chainsaws in the wilderness but hauling around a crosscut saw um it just you know and you're hiking in trails that nobody used i mean people people weren't out there when i was out there hiking around i was on the trail crew for two years and fire fire crew i guess for four years um but it was a lot of a lot of outdoors experience as a job, so there wasn't a lot of time to uh, enjoy the outdoors. I guess it was kind of a mixed thing. Um, but that's kind of how I got exposed to trails, and, and I I guess um, my family, my my grandfather at the time, tried to get us as involved in the outdoors as possible when he was alive. But um, that was when I was a kid, so it just it's kind of a evolving thing, and then marathoning turned to uh, ultra running so so take me back i mean you walking around with a saw <laughs> is it is it is it true that the trails disappear if we don't use them like had you hit those sections uh actually you know yeah 
I had uh, kind of up by Mount Jefferson here in Central Oregon. Um, we was with a, another guy on my crew, and we kind of got lost because there was this trail that supposedly was there, but we hadn't um, actually we couldn't find it. So we, <laughs> we had to radio in and be like, "We're lost. We can't we can't find the trail," <laughs> which was kind of a rookie move on our part. But um, but it was gone. The trail was gone because it hadn't been used. So um, that was just a little example, I suppose, of of one that hadn't been uh used in in a few years i guess so julie, yeah julie do you want to explore marathons because i've i've only done i think one or two i'm i'm pretty slow actually at the marathon distance for some reason um julie how many marathons have you done i'm trying to remember uh a dozen give a dozen? or take yeah probably Sounds... I switched into trail running fairly quickly in my running career, though, so I jumped into ultras before I did too many marathons. I still run probably a road marathon every year. This year I haven't, but hmm, there's always people doing it, and they're like, hey, do you want to go run this marathon? And then I say yes. <laughs> take take the wheel. You have a much more experience than uh, me with this. For Ultra Running Magazine, do you get a lot of roadrunners submitting articles and a lot of road running readership, or is it specifically trail runners? You know, from the reader survey that we completed, I guess it was last year, um, there's a lot of people who are marathoners that read our magazine and haven't jumped into ultra running yet. Sure. Um, you know, I I have to say that, that it doesn't surprise me um, because it's kind of the next, you know, step from, from road running, at least it was for me. Um, and so I think that people are interested in it and it's something that, um, that intrigues a lot of people. So uh, we do have a fair amount of of readers who are road runners road yeah, marathoners I, I guess yeah i think you're right about that the ultra is still kind of a, a mysterious thing right right <laughs> i subscribed to ultra runner ultra running magazine before i had run an ultra it was like really? an aspirational subscription yeah yeah so it was a similar similar reason you were aspiring to be an ultra runner at the mm -hmm. time yeah yeah it nice. was it was like uh, looking at people that are achieving what I was dreaming at, dreaming about and all the how-to stuff uh, probably helped me get there, too. So Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we, you know, we, we look at, at least as an editor, I look at the, all the, the ways that people can learn, even if they're not an ultra runner, the, the ways they can kind of learn to, um, you know, become an ultra runner. It, there's, there's always, you know, beginner advice, I think in every issue, it seems like to me anyway, um, you know, for that first time hundred mile runner or, or whatnot. So, yeah. What are the, like, um, your most favorite pieces? Are they inspirational or educational or do you know, what, what's your favorite thing to put out there? Uh, you know, if, inspirational is always amazing um john trent's one of our columnists and he he writes just beautiful pieces on people who were he always finds the inspirational side to a story and um while i love all of our columnists i think they're they all have their unique voices um john's john's got some good some good stories then the new issue um that's coming out has a great western states recap and it's he he somehow found a way to intertwine Jim Walmsley, Jared Hazen, Brittany Peterson, and Claire Gallagher's races all into one story. It was really incredible. <laughs> so I, it's fun to read that can, stuff. Can I just compliment the magazine in regards to having Corey Reese having his yeah, column? Because we just had kind of a 
I don't know, yesterday I had not a heated debate about media overly focusing on the elites. And my whole thing with Training for Ultra is that most of us just by definition are average. And Corey's just such an inspirational dude. He's a great family guy. He does unbelievable races. And I like his writing style. And I think it's really cool that the middle of the pack has, and back of the pack has representation in your magazine. It's really special and unique. And not a lot of other magazines do that. So I just wanted to mention it. Well, thank you. And we get a lot of requests for that as well. So I, it's it's something that we definitely um, keep in mind when putting together an issue uh, that there's more than just the elite story out there. There's there's back at mid packers, back of the packers. Everybody has a story. And that's what I've come to find out. I mean, it's it's um, it's great to put all those stories that we can come up with into the magazine. And Corey, I mean, he just finished involves the the 500 mile or 500 no 300 mile 500k yeah 500 yeah. oh my gosh um seen his updates were amazing yeah. yeah it was incredible so um he he's an amazing guy and he has a, such a great writing style i love his stories so he's definitely you know he can pull a story out of out of nothing and make it hilarious <laughs> so it's awesome i love his taco bell references yeah <laughs> taco bell and ultra running I mean, I know, I know. Don't normally go hand in hand, but right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's awesome. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I was flipping through ultra running, like as a fairly new ultra runner, mm-hmm. um, and I saw my name printed in race results, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you, like, wait a minute, I'm famous." <laughs> and, and then awesome. I realized that that your magazine does that, and I thought, "Wow, that is that is like the coolest thing." Okay. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It was like a second finisher medal. Right, right. Getting your name in print. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can't, you know, obviously publish all the results from all the races every month, but um, but we try to we try to do as much as we can and get the get races that are not just the popular races, but also a variety of ones that we haven't published before. So it's it's um, it just depends, but um, it's something that I think that um, ra- ultra runners appreciate and always look forward to. Oh, big so. time. I like reading um, a lot of the race reports just to either get ideas on what races I should do in the future. Like, I read that Never Summer piece, I think, maybe two years ahead of actually running the race and then getting those insights on some course, you know, specific things I had to focus in on. And I I do like that you don't report on the exact same races every year because that gives me just that more... Um, right idea generation on new races to go explore so right um, yeah i'm i'm a huge fan so oh good well i appreciate it and i um and that's the goal it's like we want people to learn more about um you know races across the country because there are so many popping up it's incredible um and you know we just we just started an ambassador program this year as well, which our goal was to kind of, you know, spread the word across the the country and get ambassadors from all, you know, corners of the, the U.S. And, and that's what we've done. And it, it hopefully it'll help kind of get even more races, you know, flagged for us as, as we continue. So that's the, my, that's the hope. I mean, anyway. my only other comment on the magazine, and I'll let Julie just ask away and just take the reins and finish the whole interview. <laughs> um, I I like that you don't always have an elite on the cover. 
Um, some of my favorite covers that you guys have had, and don't get me wrong, I really like seeing a, a Casey on, on the cover, but some of my favorite covers that you guys have had are actually either like a train of people that are clearly just having fun mm-hmm. or like an emotional finish from clearly someone in middle to back of the pack, you know, right. holding their kid or, you know, it's, yeah. I, I like that variety and I like the representation again of the community instead of solely on the elites. But don't get me wrong. I, I eat up all the, uh, <laughs> the elite <laughs> articles too. So, <laughs> well, we try to get, you know, a, an image that captures the emotion that normally wouldn't, um, you know, you normally wouldn't see. And so it's hard to do when those photographers are out there all day long. I mean, props to them because they, they really do put in long days and yeah. they, they capture some amazing stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, of what we, what we get from them. So, but they are amazing. Absolutely amazing. What's something we don't know about ultra running? Like what's a surprising thing about the magazine? About the magazine? Yeah. Um, we have a really, really small staff. <laughs> besides oh, really? our besides our writers, um, we most of us are up here in Bend, Oregon. Um, where there were just a, a small little group of about six of us. And um then our publisher Carl is down in um Fairfax, California. And we are just this uh you know, we work we all work just little group and um yeah, that's probably something you you may not know. Um. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really good question. That's interesting. Yeah. For the listeners' background, I I messaged Amy maybe three times, um, and every time I messaged her, I had an error in my message, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm like, this is not a good way to start a relationship with a editor, you know, before the uh, interview here. Um, so oh, okay. forgive it's me, different, Amy. Different, um, no, it's different than submitting like a, a, a call. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, but what I'm thinking about is, I mean, I've reread chapters, like chapter one of my book, I probably read 30 times. Um, how do you guys cover that much text and actually find everything? Like, do you have a rotation? Like, does the person who write it hand it off to the same person every time? Like, how do you, I mean, yeah. cause I've never really come across many glaring errors and knowing now that you have a a staff of six is kind of unbelievable yeah so um everything comes to me from the columnists and i go through everything probably i wouldn't say 30 times but it's i read things um very thoroughly a few a few times you can't wait (laughs) to print it and get it out of there (laughs) yeah and then it goes to our actually our copy editor is Susan Bush, and she's actually in California as well, but she, um, she'll touch the magazine once a month and go through it thoroughly, and, um, and then it comes back to me, and I probably look at it a couple more times. <laughs> is it all <laughs> virtual, or is it hard copy, or? It's all virtual, so um, I, cool. I, I started by printing stuff out, but then I was like, this is not efficient, because I'm a very paper-oriented person, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just not efficient, so it's, it's all virtual. Yeah. A lot of work, but it's fun. (laughs) I bet. Well, you took over the magazine two years ago? No, actually, it was in October, so it'll be a year in October. Oh. Yeah. Got it. What's been the... Hmm. No, I didn't either for some reason. Um, That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What's one of the biggest challenges from, you know, stepping up to editor? Um, You know, 
probably for me the the part that I um, didn't have as much experience in was the like the photography. So I I have to gather photography from all the um, race directors and the photographers that go out to each of the races and and getting the right size files is probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever um, that in my job is is to email somebody back and say hey I really need those files to be bigger <laughs> and so have you ever um, got a photo where you're like the file's too big because <laughs> no, no. you could just crop it down or whatever oh man no because we can do that easily but to we can't make it bigger so it's it's um it's hard to get a a 100k or 100 kilobyte photo <laughs> when you're like i can't print this i'm sorry <laughs> so that's probably one of the one of the major things that i have to deal with but um but honestly it's it's not that big so it's a fun job yeah i bet you get to meet and talk to a lot of people and hear stories all day yeah yeah i um i just recently interviewed um a drummer from a band <clears throat> fits in the tantrums his name's john wicks oh. and it was fun to uh to chat with him about his ultra running so i love i love uh musicians that are runners uh some some amazing element to it i don't know why <laughs> It's, um, it's, it's fun to hear their stories because they're busy people. And I think running is a, is a real um, retreat for them. It's a way to keep, keep calm in a craziness, crazy storm of touring. So that's what it sounds like anyway. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because touring isn't physically demanding enough. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's be the extreme personalities we all are. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so Amy, I want to hear more about your, your running, um, what was your favorite marathon that you've done? Um, so I've run over 20 marathons and I think to be honest, um, Portland, the Portland marathon was my favorite. That's where I qualified for Boston. And that's, um, no longer because the, there was a big, uh, uh, takedown, I guess, of the race director, um, and it was, it was, a, there was a lawsuit and there was, they, he, he got kind of, um, in trouble for some, um, was that like two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember was, reading that. It was like two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And okay. it was, it had been a long time marathon. I mean, my dad did these marathons back in the eighties. He had been race director for that long. So it was really sad when the whole thing went down, but running across the St. John's bridge, there's, you can't beat it. It's this beautiful bridge in north portland and um it's kind of where the race turns around and comes back into downtown and um yeah it was it was my favorite what's so. the worst marathon you've had have you had just a <laughs> bonk bonk at like mile seven and just like uh this was well, a horrible experience and it was it was ugly too or um, no pretty bridges across you know i um i i guess the <laughs> The only really bad marathon experience I've had um, was kind of when I got, I actually got injured. I started running ultras and I got injured right before my first 100K and I wasn't able to run. So I decided once I got, you know, uh, better that I was just going to, you know, sign up for a marathon. Sure, why not? Okay. I'd been training for 100K. I could run a marathon. Um, so not I went even half, this... Not even half the distance. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had been injured for about six weeks and hadn't run at all because I couldn't. And so I went and jumped into this little uh, Newport marathon on the Oregon coast, which is, it's a beautiful, beautiful marathon, but it's flat and it's out and back. And um, 
I I struggled, struggled, struggled because it was it got hot and it was it was the slowest I think marathon I've done, um, but it was it was rough because I had really um, just stopped running after for six weeks. So yeah, it was yeah. it was rough. <laughs> but it's a great marathon. I'm not gonna say it's it's an awesome marathon. Ju- Julie, just out of curiosity, what's the worst race you've done? As in slowest or just the worst? I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let you I'll let you define um, worse race. Um, my slowest marathon was probably one that I hiked with a friend on a trail, uh, but we had a really good time, so I wouldn't call that the worst. It was just nice and slow. Um, my worst effort was probably a fifty k, and it was the same thing. Actually, it was out and back in a hot day. Um, and I decided, you know, you're never supposed to try anything new on race day, but I decided to wear these compression socks mm. and like two miles in, I was sitting on the side of the trail in this conga line while everyone's passing me trying to take off these horrible socks that were <laughs> cutting off all the circulation to my knees. And then oh, no. I jumped back in, in the back of the conga line and was like, oh no, now we're going really slowly. Oh, those and are then, yeah. yeah, it was hot and slow. And because it's out and back on single track, by the time I was halfway to the turnaround, the fast 50k guys are all coming back. And so you're constantly stepping to the side of the trail. So, like, right. every three steps, I'm stepping to the side no, of the trail yeah, to let no somebody pass. Rhythm. Yep, I know None. exactly what that's like. And then <laughs> I get too. to the aid station, and it's all my friends. So then I stayed there for, like, 20 minutes and just talked <laughs> and didn't run. Like, I don't even remember how long it took me. A long time. Like, even now when I look on Ultra Sign Up, I'm just like, oh, that one race. Like, that's the race. <laughs> I finished in, like, the bottom 30% or something. <laughs> Which is fine. Oh, ultra just... sign up. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, so, I know, because those statistics make sense. Is it true, I, I heard, Amy, that you ran during lunch quite a few consecutive times. Um, tell me about that routine a little bit. Oh, um, so, gosh, when I was in, when I first started my, you know, advertising gig, because I was in an advertising agency for about 10 years, I started running it at lunchtime, and we didn't have a shower in our office at the time. And so <laughs> apparently I started a, a trend because I started as some of my coworkers running and we would run at lunch. Um, and so when we moved to our new office, they actually put in a shower for us because no there were so many of us that were running at lunch. So yeah, we, there was a, it was a younger group and we were, um, <clears throat> very active, um, very active young group. So were- it was, it was it was good. They were huh? sick of, of the sweaty... Dinky people, the... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I continued, yeah, for... I think I was in office an office job for about 15 years, and it was the only time I was able to get up and... Well, especially with kids, but, um, but it was the only time I had to myself, and it would really clear my head during so, that break. So, so did, you, nice. did you have, like, a run streak going there, or was it just every... No, it was just okay. every lunch break. That's what I would do. And when I couldn't run at lunch, I would find myself really kind of agitated. Like, what do I do? What do I do? But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just a just a lunchtime. I totally do the same thing with kids. Um, it's the only way I can squeeze in a run a lot of times. Right. And right. people are always like, you know, it's flat and it's on concrete. I'm like, just make the most of what you got. <laughs> you know, <Right>. it's. <laughs> exactly. I'd much rather have a a crummy four mile. 95 degree run um i'm thankful to have showers that's nice um, right 
but like you, how many kids do you have? I have two. I have twins. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a life changer. <laughs> <laughs> now you see why I actually really needed to run when I had that lunch. It's like, oh, this is my only free time during the day. So For our second, I was like, man, if we have twins, I am so screwed. Like, <laughs> uh, but we at least had three years to kind of recoup and, and re-strategize. Oh, good, um, good. <laughs> so when did you start ultra running? Like, what was your first um, race? Kind of what was going through your head? So I got, after I had the kids, I, I went back to marathoning and um, just was getting bored. I was just, um, I wanted to have another goal and I, I couldn't find a uh, something that really inspired me. Um, I had done Boston and I was like, oh, I'll just go back to Boston. But it just wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for me at the time. So I ran a few more marathons and um, then I, I'm from Salem, Oregon, so I'm just, um, the capital of Oregon and Pam Smith won Western States in 2013. And she, I, I saw that she won and I was like, are you kidding me? Somebody from Salem won a hundred mile mountain race. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, and so I started, it kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And then my, uh, friend started running ultras and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to sign up for a local 50k, which is uh, McDonald Forest in Corvallis. Um, it's one of, the, I think, the first ones in Oregon that that uh, was set up. But um, but it was also 10,000 feet of elevation gain uh, in a 50k. So it was one of the harder <laughs> ones. So, Jeez. <laughs> so I started out with a hard one, which which meant that all the other ones were easier. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it was a difficult challenge, and it was I, I finished, and I was like, that was completely it's a completely different sport than road running. So, um, yeah. wasn't your, it. wasn't your Boston pace? Um, no, <laughs> completely different. So, so there um, must've been something about, and you picked a hard freaking 50 K. I, my first, I think had maybe 3,500 feet of gain. And I thought that was like, I was mountain climbing. Um, right. and wow. So 10,000, what, what made you come back for more? What did you like um, about it that much? Oh, it was so much fun. Um, so this was in 2014, and it was, it was muddy. It was, you know, seven hours or so on the trails, um, and the people were awesome. It was just an adventure, you know. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a lot like being out hiking for the Forest Service, but you know, running it, and it was so much fun. So, um, my second, I guess, was. Was the gorge 50k i think nice anyway the places that i that was that beautiful been, yeah yeah um just running on these trails has you know the the beauty of of being out in nature and all the all these trails i hadn't been on in so long actually or never had been on um that was a reason i mean it pulled me in easy <laughs> yeah yeah i feel bad i feel like that course got scorched pretty bad um the gorge yeah, yeah. um it did. Uh, and that was actually the year that I, I, I DNF'd at the hundred K, um, in 2017. So it was, the fire was right after that. And, um, it, you know, I've seen photos of the regrowth and, and, and whatnot. And people have been up there. I mean, they're still up there running. It's just, I don't think that they have rehabilitated, re rehabilitated the trail enough, um, to allow events on that section. Yes. Yeah, it's going like to take years. Yeah. I think so. 
Um, so, but it's I, a beautiful trail. All right, I'm I'm hogging the mic here. Let's <laughs> let's give Julie some time. <laughs> I'm kind of curious how uh, the division between like road running and trail running, and how much crossover there is. Because it, correct me if I'm wrong, but does it seem like there's more crossover than ever before between road running and trail running? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I, I would guess so. Um, just because there are so many road marathons out there now and the races, ultras are growing so much, you know, we've got, yeah. we've had more finishers than ever and it continues to rise every year. I think last year was about 113,000 finishes in, in ultras. Um, it's, you know, up every year, um, maybe 5,000 increments. Um, but there's more ultras and there's more road marathons. And so I think that, um, yeah, people are probably, you know, dabbling a little bit in ultras, um, if they have access. To you them. know, you guys do a great, um, magazine, I think it's annual where you, I think it might be your December, um, the statistics. Yeah. I, yeah, ultra I of the love year. that. I love that, um, magazine. Can, yeah. Is there any way you can include 200s and 240s in that pie chart? Hey, yeah, I can. I think that's a great suggestion. Because <laughs> I will look into that for next time. <laughs> it's always it's always mind blowing to see the one um, percent of ultra runners that, like have done a hundred or it's like six percent or something. Um, right. And I feel like 200s are now kind of a growing category. That I mean, there's enough of us out there, and we're probably all subscribed to uh, the magazine. So. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> Right. And, and 200s are growing as well. I mean, I, you know, I, from what I've seen, it's every more races are being added to that. Um, mm -hmm. Another category would be the um, last man standing yeah. uh, format. So that's a really good point our, too. Yeah. We had our first last runner standing in Minnesota this last two years ago, two summers. Oh, nice. This was the second year. Mm -hmm. Nice. So I, I want to hear more when you were writing for outside how that experience was for you. I mean, <laughs> it leaves a bad taste in our mouth now after the Parasite right, article, right. of course. Um, but, I mean, how was that experience? And, like, did that help blossom, like, your interest in trail running? Or were you writing about other topics? I mean, what was, like, your main focus over those years? So I uh, took over the Adventure Advisor column. Uh, at the time, I don't think it's changed at this point, but um, it was an online column that Tim Neville, who is a, a friend of mine, colleague, uh, or I guess just a friend who's a travel writer here in Bend, um, I was helping him with it, and then he gave it to me, and um, I was researching and talking to people um, for each column, um, and I, you know, we get questions online, and respond to those questions and do a bunch of research on the questions that they had. It was it was definitely a um, instigator for my my thirst for adventure. Um, not necessarily trail running, but definitely like, you know, one of my bucket list items was going to Machu Picchu and I was, you know, dug right into that. I was like, oh, that would be a fun place to go run. Um, so in general, it just kind of spurred my um, interest in, in adventure I think all around. I think ultra running is at an inflection point where we're going to see kind of an, I think that's what's taking place with 200s and in a lot of cases, hundreds like hard hundreds is uh, it's hard to have that feeling of exploring and adventure these days. And right. you really, when you're out there for multiple sunsets or sunrises, like 
you're on an adventure, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. I yeah. think there's going to be a lot more crossover um, with that concept over the next few years. I mean, I don't know if it'll be organized or not, but I truly think that's the main motivator for me doing the Triple Crown is like, I just want to hit non-repetitive trail for as long as possible, and I don't even have to carry a tent. It's right. great. It's great. Right. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> that's awesome. Julia, yeah. do you agree? Oh, totally. And that's There have been times where I've struggled during a really long ultra and thought, yeah, but I wonder what's over the next ridge. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but I kind of, but I was waiting to get to that second set of mountains. I thought about that a lot in Moab. I was like, ah, but I haven't seen the LaSalle's yet. I better keep going. It's, <laughs> it's I, really motivating. It is. It is. Yeah. So, let's talk about. I mean, what what were your what was your favorite ultra? What was your I don't know why I like hearing these worst <laughs> worst ultra. And then I want to hear about Western States. And maybe Western States was yeah. one of those two. I don't know. Um, favorite and worst. Um, <laughs> that's a good, you know, I mean, I've only been running ultras for five years. And so um, I've had numerous experiences and none have been uh, extremely terrible. Um, and I've had some amazing ones. Um, as well, but I, you know, I, I guess I could say that, that, um, a lot has come in the past year just because, um, I guess, okay, I'm, I'm just going to pick worse being, uh, this 50 K that I did back in February. I've done it twice now and, and it actually was a great race. I just felt terrible because I, I learned not to eat pepperoni pizza before <laughs> an ultra. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Enough said advice. there, right? It, it was just, I, <laughs> it just does not make for a good first 15 miles. <laughs> and that was the only reason that I, that, 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 that race went downhill for me, but I felt fine at the end. So that was good. Um, and then I, I'll, I'll pick Western States as the best one I've done so far. Um, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Um, best experience I've ever it, had. It all so. started with a great cup of coffee. It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, was it the people there, the course itself? Like, what was the high point? Everything. Um, you know, I'd been crewing and pacing there for the three years prior, and I knew I'd been on the course. I, I knew the people. I knew, you know, I knew, I knew how it went. But as a runner, um, you get to just experience everything in, in full, you know, high fidelity, <laughs> just full, you know, high definition. Like it's, it's very intense. And, um, yeah. once you get to Squaw Valley as a runner, it's, it's, um, it's mind blowing because you feel so immersed in, in the magical vibe that is Western States and it's, you can't explain it. I mean, you really can't unless you're there. Um, and then running on the course, <laughs> it's you know going up to the escarpment and having all those people up there yelling and screaming it's crazy and then you're out on the high country for miles and it's beautiful and then um you know you're running down and into the canyons and it's a little tough but it's still you know if i can get over this over over devil's thumb and back up to michigan bluff i'm home you know home free um which isn't really true, but <laughs> uh, once, you know, I got into, four, I was, I, I was used to running with a sub 24 hour runner pacing him. 
And so everything that I got to see during my actual pace was a lot different because I was later and sure. I got I got to finish in the golden hour and it was incredible. So um, I have no regrets at all. <laughs> it was awesome. So were there tears at the end? Uh, I would say there was tears on No Hands Bridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a few. But um, I got to see my family at the finish and it, um, had been waiting all all 29 hours to see them. So it was yeah. it was pretty amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And so I couldn't agree more about the community vibe. Like you just have to experience it. And I would say my experience was I have to go there every year now. Right. <laughs> every yeah. year. Like I'm totally enamored with that race. Like er everything about it. Um, and it, I think it means the most to like, I, I don't know. The people there look like the most passionate ultra runners on the planet. Um, like seeing like an AJW, I think is kind of a perfect example. Like he's a great example. Like he's Mr. Western States and he was talking to everyone and just so excited. And I mean, I felt the same way. It was just such a cool atmosphere. Um, can I ask you more specific stuff about the race? Like oh, sure. Sure. how did you handle a start? Like, did you bury yourself in the back? Like, cause that climb's intimidating. It really it, reminded me of like a run rabbit run start. It just, the escarpment goes straight up. Like, did you, Yeah. how'd you um, strategize for that? <laughs> I made sure I wasn't in the front. Um, I had actually done it last year as kind of a, like, I want to, I want to do this and see how it feels. Cause I, I just did the, um, on the, th the Thursday climb that they do the Memorial. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had done it before, so I knew that it went up the road and that there was a little steep section at the top and then you're kind of home free. Um, but this year I just, you know, you just kind of pace it out. It's really not, um, something I worried too much about. And once we got to the two miles up, which was kind of where the road ends and the ski hill begins, um, there was snow. And so you kind of had to, it wasn't slick or anything, but you kind of had to really, um, get behind people so that you get on the packed part of it. They had it groomed yep. up there. Yeah. And then, um, and then there's a real steep little climb, um, in the dirt that was, that was kind of, you know, you had to put your hands on the rocks in front of you. But once you got up to the, the last part that reaches the top, um, there was also snow up there and it was just, you know, people are up there cheering you on and it was, it was fun. So I think the real intense part gets was once we got over the top and onto the single track, you know, you really had to make sure that you were, you know, there was people passing people on these rocky single track trails and it was really kind of sketchy, but, um, but the start was, <laughs> Drop was offs fun. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a yeah. good time to pass. Um, right. It's not worth it. Uh, did you fall at all on this snow? No, no, the snow, the snow was, um, manageable because it wasn't slippery and, and it was mushy. Like, it was like rock hard. Yeah. I, yeah. It was rock hard. You couldn't even see footprints on it. I, mean, I it haven't shared, I haven't shared my story, but I did some running, uh, and experienced some of that snow, but I'll, I'll save that for another time. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you did, you were on it though. You got to, you got, uh, to... it wasn't the official course. No, but okay. I, I got 13 miles of running with a camera in, um, so I'll say, I'll, get to run it. <laughs> I, yeah, and oh my god, the the trails are so plush. Like yeah. running those downhills, 
I felt like I was on like marshmallows, at least where I was. It was just such buffed out, like beautiful trail. And the temperature was really pleasant for quite some time. I mean, oh, it was. Yeah. Did you, had you done a bunch of heat training going in and then just were pleasantly surprised? Or like, tell me about how you handled that aspect of the race. Yeah. So I, um, I had done quite a bit of heat training in the sauna. Um, just knowing that I don't handle heat well. And I once I got in the sauna and had started to do it, I really kind of just craved it every week. I was like, I'm going to go back and sit in there for a while. It's weird. but <laughs> That's a good um, sign. And um, I had actually run the canyons in April, the end of April, and ran, ran into, you know, higher 70s, lower 80s temperatures uh, in the middle of the day. So I had done some of that knowing um, that I didn't do well uh, in that. So I really ramped up the sauna training towards the end of, of Western States training and um, didn't end up really needing it, <laughs> So mostly. How how did your climb up Devil Slum go? Because that is kind of the hardest part of the race, it seems like, for a lot of people. If you As long as you don't blow out your quads getting right. to no hands. Um, it was fine. It was actually really shaded, and so it was cool uh, in that section. And um, I had... I passed a couple of people that were having a, a hard time, but really if you just take it kind of easy and steady um, and just kind of keep up a good pace, it, w- it wasn't bad. Plus I was looking forward to the popsicles at the top. So um, <laughs> I had had a bit of some stomach issues from last chance, or I guess it was dusty corners to last chance. I was having some stomach issues and my stomach was just not right. So um, I was trying to take it easy. Um, how, how was Forest Hill? Was that a fun experience? Did you hit it at yeah, a good time so, or? Well, I got there in, in the dark and it was kind of quiet, but, um, okay. my crew had kind of met me at Michigan Bluff and I didn't realize they could have a pacer after eight o'clock and I got there at like eight fifteen, So I got oh, to have a pacer I wasn't expecting, which was awesome. Oh, okay. So you actually got him. Nice. Yeah. And so cool. we, uh, we ran up to. Forest Hill together, and then my, the rest of my crew was there, and it was it was just great, you know. I mean, it was um, I got some noodles and some Mountain Dew, and yeah, it was it was um, it was a lot more low key than I remember <laughs> from my previous year's pacing, but you know, it was still great. So. And then, I, sorry, I'll just walk through the rest of the race. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> how was how did you feel dropping down into um, Rucky Chucky, and like jumping in the boat and doing that whole thing? because it's cool it's cool they have it down to like a science basically they do they do and um in the past the past two years i had actually crossed the river with uh, my runner carl hoagland who's our publisher um he and we had to we had to take the rope across and so this was my first time in the boat and i was so excited (laughs) like it went and it went by so fast it was just like you jump in they take you across and you jump out and it's just like a minute to two minutes of of rest but um but yeah they're they're pros down there they're um yeah in and out real quick so it was fun you said you said you had gotten emotional when you hit no hands like what was going through your head how how were you feeling well you've been out there a while yeah i had been um hadn't been chasing cutoffs but i was about 30 minutes ahead of 30 hour cutoff, which is kind of where I finished. Um, and I made from pointed rocks at mile 94 down to no hands bridge at mile 96. Um, 
I made really good time. I mean, we just kind of cruised down because it's mostly downhill. It's a little rocky, but mostly downhill. And um, I got down to No Hands, and it, I think it was like 9:20, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm gonna finish." Like I knew at that point because I knew the course from that point forward. I was like, "I'm gonna finish," and that's when it kind of hits you that you know you've got an hour and 40 minutes to go three miles, and it's, um, yeah. So that was that was where I knew. <laughs> That's awesome. And so last question, and then I'll quit hogging. Um, have you worn your belt buckle? I have a couple times. Um, and it's purely just uh, just to kind of show that a couple friends that I, that, you know, kind of show it I, off. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer. The following Monday, wear that belt buckle. And then <laughs> unless it maybe is a Western States buckle, it's going in a shoebox. Um <laughs> But yeah, get it, get it out there, wear it, enjoy it. I know, I know. Be proud it's, of it, you know. Yeah, I got to do a Western States recap with um, uh, Ian Sherman and Camelia Mayfield. Both live in Bend, and so we got to go down to our local running store, the Foot Zone, and talk about our races. And so um, I got to wear it then. That was fun. You get cool. to wear it every every year you go back to Squaw Valley for coffee, right? Right. right. Yeah, and it's nothing compared to Ian's, you know. A uh, thousand miles in ten days, buckle, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still mine. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll start an annual coffee thing there. Maybe that would that'd be fun. Just yeah, to meet that up, would be fun. meet up with people, catch up, have like a coffee hour at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because everyone has time and isn't stressed out at all about you know trying to run Western states. Right. Um, <laughs> Julie, what questions do you have for Amy? <laughs> Well, I don't think a cup of coffee ever makes anything worse, at least. Right. (laughs) That's a good idea. I mean, I've not had that experience. Um, I'm just still thinking about getting to the bridge and then getting choked up. Like, was it kind of one of those, you're running and you're crying a little bit, and then you're like, stop crying because this is making it impossible to run (laughs) (laughs) because I can't do both at the same time? Well, I I had started walking across the bridge because I just wanted to um, kind of just have a moment to to really absorb what was about to happen and my pacer was Corey Smith he was um he was he was walking with me and he's like you know I don't show you know I don't say this very often but I'm really proud of you and so that got me even more choked up and it was it was just (laughs) (laughs) I was like okay you know and then of course the heat was um I think it was it was getting pretty warm out and um so I was kind of running from shade to shade um trying to run as much as I could but at that point you know no hands is flat and there's a few little hills and then you have to hike up to Ruby Point so I knew I wasn't gonna be doing too much running in that that section but um I was trying it wasn't it wasn't super easy so okay for so you your... kept it together pretty well yeah right <laughs> I was gonna say you you pacers out there you got to get them home first and you can be proud of them <laughs> don't ruin people's races early there um <laughs> What? That happens though. That's the thing. You get toward the end and you do the math and it everything works out. The, like the work is done, and then you get a little choked up and then it's impossible to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, those guys up um, there's some there's some Western States volunteers up on Roby Point, and I think that they practice with the well, they don't practice because they were actually trying to push the 29 hour people um, up the hill, and there was one guy that <laughs> was. He was saying, okay, you know, introduced himself. And he's like, can you do me a favor? Can you just run 10 steps 
with me. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> he's like, no, just run 10 steps. I was like, okay, fine. And so I did it. And then he's like, okay, let's just run 10 more. And I'm like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I know I can make this. It's going to be fine. So I appreciate your help, but I'm done at this point. <laughs> how to run western states 10 steps at a time right yeah they were they, they <laughs> were practicing good. for the real the real nail biter people that were just at the very tail end of 29 hours i think so yeah so what's definitely. let's hear one last story what what haven't we heard what haven't you shared with many people that you want to share about western states was there like one story one one important moment um where things changed for you or what don't we know about your race? Um, well, there's, you know, the thing is it all went so well. Um, and I had such an amazing experience. There really wasn't anything, you know, that I haven't shared that's, that sticks out. I, <laughs> I, um, I had the best crew and the best pacers. They were all, all the crew at, ended up pacing me. So I had four people and they all ended up, um, being my pacers. Um, and the, I'll, I'll give you a funny story because I've shared it with a few people, but, but nothing um, publicly. It was, it was um, I think we're close to ALT, so, so mile 85. And it was the sun had just come up, and um, one of our ambassadors, Ken Michael, had kind of gone back and forth with me all day. But it had passed me a Robinson flat and just took off. And so at mile 85, I look up, and there's Ken up on this, uh, there's a memorial bench dedicated to a woman who was attacked by a mountain lion 20 years ago, not during the race, but um, this is bench up there and on the trail. And um, he was up there, and I, we kind of, my pacer Carl and I were kind of like, what are you doing up there? Ken, come down. And, um, and then Carl, I hear Carl say, Dean, and I look over, and there's Dean Carnassus, you know, just standing on the trail waiting for Ken to come down off, off the ledge where the bench was. And, um, so I gave Dean this big hug because he's one of our columnists and I hadn't actually been introduced to him in person at all. So <laughs> I'm like all stinky and he's like this, you know, Dean has, has his perfectly coiffed hair and like, he looks like, like he does. He looks like Dean Carnassus. He just, he's, <laughs> he just looks great. So, um, he was super awesome, but we were trying to get Ken, Ken ended up, um, quitting after, uh, mile 85 because he, he had the lean that apparently had been going on for about 22 miles. And so, um, for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was this moment that I'll never forget because it was like, you know, just kind of, wow, there's Dean and there's Ken. And (laughs) it was, it was early in the morning. So it was, it was pretty funny, but Dean was the pacer, right? Dean was pacing. Ken. Yes. Correct. I still haven't met Dean yet. It's funny. He's he's amazing. He's, he's a super super awesome, nice guy. So is Ken, by the way. Ken was awesome as well. So awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's that's interesting to hear that you hadn't met him. Uh, have you met all your your other columnists, or? Um, you know, for the most part, I have. Um, I'm trying to. Th- yeah, I think I've met most of them. It um, it it's hard because you know being in Bend they're all kind of spread out across the country. Um, and, but at Western States, I've, I, I met most of them. So Very Dean cool. was kind of one of the last ones. So, yeah. So what's, what's next for you? You just finished Western States. <laughs> Are you going to, you're not retiring from running now, right? No. Um, but I am taking a break. My, uh, kids are home for the summer 
And I kind of felt like summer hadn't started yet once um, until Western States got over. And so um, I don't have anything on the books except tentatively Miwok um, uh, as a possibility next year. But I really, and honestly, I'm, I'm really excited to go back down for the Western States lottery. Cause I, I just want to be there. Like I don't I even, Same I'll probably be in the lottery, but I just want to be there. Cause I think it's probably my favorite day of the year. And so really looking forward to that. But you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be happy if you get picked again. Um, <laughs> well, to, I'm totally kidding. To be, to be fully um, transparent. I, I got, my ticket was, was a sponsor ticket from the magazine. Um, but I'm I, still I, not going to be happy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not trying to get in, Rob. I promise. I'm true. I'm happy for anyone I know that gets into that race. Me too. I mean, and that's why, that's so why I love little. to be. That's why I want to be down there. I just want to enjoy the the energy because I think it's it's kind of a continuation to the race. So it's very fun. Yeah, I'm. I, hopefully, I'll pace next year. I was doing a Matt Daniels film, um, so I couldn't. I was a little stressed out about missing anything important. Um, right. So it, it'll be nice to go down there and either run the race or or pace or change it up a little bit, but who knows? I mean, it's such a, a cool event. I agree. And, and anything you can, you know, do down there, you know, volunteer, uh, pace, crew, whatever, um, just, yeah, just kind idea. of be a part of it. Yeah. Um, it's It's incredible. It really is. In fact, it you know sometimes it's more stressful to be the crew and pacer than it is to be the runner. <laughs> I, totally agree. It's insane. So it's a lot of fun though. Julie, you have any last questions? I don't think so. I think that was a, that's a high note to end on. I really like that. Well, I I just think it's really cool. You know, the magazine willing to put a podcast host on the cover. It's just really awesome. <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, are are you guys um, going to do any articles on 200s? Yes, actually. Um, is that in the works at all? It is. I had somebody reach out to me uh, about Bigfoot 200 this year. So uh, we'll be hopefully following the the gal that's going to write it is following a, a gentleman who um, I think is a cancer survivor. Um, but I'll awesome. leave it at that because I'm not really um, – fully aware of the situation but she reached out to me back in december so it's That's still exciting. still a go so yeah very cool yeah. um so julie nothing else i i'm trying to lean on her for closings right now i'm being late <laughs> no. i'm being lazy i'm a, julie, I'm a bad are closer states <laughs> are you gonna go for, the, go for western states uh, that is definitely on my top 10 next year i'll be on the pct though so i was i was trying to think that, that's also one of those races. I don't know if you guys have these, but you kind of have races up on the shelf and you don't quite want to take them down to play yet because you kind of like looking at them on the shelf. Right. And Western is one of those where I, I like looking at it and then I know like it's going to be great when I take it off the shelf. Right. That's, awesome. yeah. that's a great way to put it. It's off the shelf for me. I'm ready to go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's knock the shelf down. <laughs> UTMB's right there. That's that's like yeah. that's my dream year next year would be a, a Western States UTMB. Double. I mean, I don't know if I'd actually add in anything else than that, other than, of course, that would be the one year I get into uh, Hard Rock. So right. But I I think the way the because it was canceled, I probably wouldn't get in next year. Um, anyway, there was a wait. Well, the wait list I think and the and the lottery are both holding for next year. So. 
Oh, good. Are you on the wait list? Got my two races already planned. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I just did um, Bighorn, so I'll have finally one one entry into Hard Rock, which All right. good. I, I volunteered there two years ago, and it just scared the hell out of me. Like, right. truly made me feel like I knew nothing about the sport. Um nice. And then you're going for the triple crown. <laughs> I don't know if. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a good year of training, um, but Bigfoot. I mean, Julie and I are going to talk about Bigfoot a little bit, but um, forty-two thousand feet of gain. I think Hard Rock is what. Do you guys know off the top of your head? I want to say it's forty. 30 or forty thousand for a hundred miles. So it's definitely yeah. steeper, but. Uh, Bigfoot is nothing to scoff at, and it's like a really easy way to start off the triple. Um, but I have, I have some exciting things in the works um, behind Moab. So hopefully, awesome. those all work out, and they'll give me even like extra drive to finish it. But yeah, enough on my running. Dreaming, hey. dreaming on, <laughs> dreaming about your race, Amy. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for you, Rob. It'll be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, I, I appreciate both your guys' time. And, Amy, where can people follow you on social media? Where can they check out the magazine? Do you write um, at all still for the magazine? I feel stupid asking that, but... No, I have a column in the front, the editor's column, and then um, right. I occasionally will write up interviews or, um, okay. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be writing some probably some stuff in the future, but I leave that up to my columnists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter at Amy writes and Y W R I T E S. And you can, um, believe the magazine is, is ultra running mag at ultra running mag on Twitter. Um, I think we're ultra running mag on Instagram. Uh, I am Amy Alice and Y A L Y S on Instagram. Um, and then Facebook, Alternating Magazine. I'm Amy Wrights uh, uh, at Facebook or on Facebook. Yeah. So. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Thanks for taking the time. Glad we just happened to be in the same line um, same in line Squaw Valley. Work, yes, and thank out you great. for the coffee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have a good night. Thank That's you again. Awesome. You too. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And I hope you enjoyed episode 100. I appreciate all your guys' support. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. I know you guys got one of those Patreon-only episodes with Ryan Clayton, who I'm working on some video with. So enjoy that episode. You get kind of a behind-the-scenes sneak peek at the uh, Amazon TV video show we're putting together. But... Really enjoyed this episode. Thank you to Amy Clark again for all her time. Thank you to Julie Moulton for being a co-host for another episode. Best of luck with her for her Bigfoot 200. She's also doing the Triple Crown. And I just, again, I really appreciate all the um, sponsors and supporters of the podcast. So Destination Trail, like we said, Candace Burton, her team, Ultimate Direction. Let's see here. Exoskin, Hammer Nutrition and Sufferfest beer, all huge supporters and make this all work so that you guys can enjoy a weekly podcast. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See you next week.
Training for Ultra, Ultra Running Stories from the Middle of the Pack. My book is now available on Audible and iTunes, so feel free to check it out. Really appreciate it. 